0: Hey, this is Jeff Loveland. Thank you for tuning in to Anchor For My Soul podcast, where we want to give a message of hope in the middle of the storm by anchoring ourselves to the Word of God. In each episode, we will grow in our spiritual walk a little more as we use the SOAP Bible study method to dive deep into the scriptures, observe what God is teaching us, apply the lessons in our daily lives, and then pray about it. I hope this encourages you today and helps you go forward with Christ. Anchor for My Soul podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Loveland. Today we are here with special guest, Mr. Andrew Finney of Follow His Heart Ministries and the owner and founder of a a new clothing line called Washed. Andrew, how are you doing, man? doing awesome, man. Uh, Andrew's a good friend of mine. He loves the Lord with all his heart. Uh, Everything he does is an emphasis of how can I glorify God? and uh washed is very much part of that yeah and I'm, I'm excited to hear more about your take on what that means and the concept behind what washed means as a christian as a believer as a follower of jesus christ um but really quick let me just share a quick story of how i got to this episode <laughs> <about> <laughs> washed um it was about uh about a week ago i was watching my daughter at home my wife had a, a work function. Yep. And I was coming out of my bedroom and I hit my knee on the door frame. So, you know, you hit your knee. And I and, was like, oh! And then you said, what? <laughs> yeah, I wish that was the case. I think it was just a, a noise. But you know what's funny is my, my daughter, McKenna, she recognized that, that sound mm. that I gave when I probably stubbed a toe or something. Mm. And then what I saw was she comes running around the corner to just see if daddy is okay. Mm-hmm. And she's all, she's this little three-and-a-half-year-old girl, right, who just loves people. You know what she's going to do is I had my, my socks off at the time. She's going to kiss my foot wow. thinking that I stubbed my toe or hurt my foot. Wow. And so she's getting ready to kiss my foot. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? No, 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 don't kiss my feet. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, you know these feet Yeah, are? exactly. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And she's like, Daddy, you hurt yourself. I'm like, oh, I hurt my knee. You know, but what that showed me was she loved me or others that much where she's just like, I want to take care of you. Wow. I will go to your feet if it is your foot that hurts, I will kiss your knee if it's
1: your knee that you hurt. Like, it's just one of those things. That was just her instant reaction. Let me go take care of you. And, I, and then I was blown away by
0: this. God showed me his love for us Mm -hmm. by my daughter. And I instantly was led to this passage of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. And I said, what does this chapter mean? And so it was my daughter that led me here. God used my daughter to show me what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Man, it's all that to say, what does washed mean? As a follower of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to you? Shoot, man.
2: that That's the, because, like, for me, it means everything. Like, you know, obviously, we became new, right? right. When we become saved, right. when we become a follower of Christ, when we give up ourselves and give it
1: to him, we become new. You know, and that word new means mm. an invention that's never been on this earth before. Right. And it'll never be on this earth again. Mm. So even after you die, there
2: won't be another one. Just yep. one time, it's a one off. Yeah. And so um but then we've been we've been cleansed, we've been washed by the blood, you know, and, and Jesus washes our feet, you know, and all these things. So it's like to me, it's like I'm continually being washed. I'm continuing, no matter what I've mm-hmm. done, no matter you know what what sin I've committed, you know, going back to him in repentance. It's like I've been washed, I'm clean. And every like I don't know about you, but like when you go into a shower and you get out of the shower, you yep. get a long hard day working out in the yep. garden, or whatever you're filthy it's like i grew up on a farm like Mm -hmm. you're covered in everything Mm -hmm. from feces to dirt Mm -hmm. to rust to everything grease absolutely it's like you come in you get clean and that feeling of just being completely clean it's like and and as a christian walking with christ like i have that feeling Mm -hmm. constantly no matter what i'm going through in my life no matter what struggle what is like that's the feeling that i have at the time so so, wow that's what wash means to me like
0: that, that is the essence of the Christian walk, is yep. being washed. Yep. Here's what I like as you're talking about it. You're wearing a hat right now that says righteousness, mm-hmm. right? And we're all trying. We want to become more righteous, but we're righteous through him. Yep. And But, yeah, it makes me think of the, the apparel that you have, right? So when you receive this apparel, you're going to send it brand new, right? It's it's a new shirt, kind of like we're a new creation mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah, It's a brand new shirt. It's clean. When you receive it, and then you wear it out into the world, yep. And then, as you wear the shirt, you're going to get some dust and some grime, and you're going to get everything that the world has around you. And it's going to try to say that you're dirty. Know that? Yeah, we do need cleaning. You know, we do need to have our good hygiene, of course. Um, I mean, but at the same time, that shirt, um, you then have to wash it. It's still a good shirt. Nothing changed on that
2: shirt. The only thing is, we had to just. Be cleansed. And we're constantly being cleansed. Yeah. man. You know what's craziest too is kind of go off on a tangent here, but the Lord gave me this vision uh, in uh, June of 2019 for this clothing company. Mm. And we can get into that later, but the whole point of this thing was that it was, wasn't just going to be a merch company, it wasn't just going to be a one off shirt or one off thing, that it was going to be a brand that was mm. going to do a lot more than just make finances. And with that being said, I worked with manufacturers all over the country or all over the country and all over the world of finding in blanks, finding in different manufacturers could build shirts and build hats and build hoodies for me. And I mean, my wife is getting tired of trying on samples <laughs> and, but the reason why we tried on so many samples is because I wanted clothing brand that when you washed it, it came out the same way that you had it when you was brand new, mm, that there was no imperfections. in it. so when I yep. wash it, yep. there's no lint on my shirts. Oh wow. Like the collar is going to stay the same. Yeah. Like, all the things are going to stay the same. Wow. So it's like, we can't, I, I, I wanted it to be this thing where when it got washed, physically getting washed, that it was going to be the same as, as the day that, that it was made. Right. Yep. Hence like us, yep. right? Yep. Like the day that we were, the day that we came into the kingdom, we're the same, we're the same righteous that we were back then. Mm-hmm. There's no gaining righteousness. Right. It right. says that we've been righteous right. through Jesus. And yes. there's, we get into that too. There's an imparted righteousness and an imputed righteousness. Mm. Imputed means that, that, God sees us through Jesus, yes, right? Yes. But then there's also an imparted righteousness, and that means that we are righteous. Wow. If we were not righteous beings, yep. we couldn't be a part of the vine. Yep. We couldn't be, we yeah. couldn't be in Jesus, in God. We couldn't be in him. If we were if we are saved and we are following him and we are in him, and we had any sin, any darkness in us, mm-hmm. well that would automatically make mm-hmm. God have darkness in him. Wow. We couldn't. And so that means that we're sin, made in his image. Right. And the thing about it is, too, is that once we become saved, now we
1: were called righteous through Jesus, right? We've been washed of our sin. All of our sin is gone. That nature, that sinful nature has been
2: circumcised off. us. So we don't have that nature anymore. Now, the question that everyone's going to ask is, you go. but I still sin, or but I have sin, or but I might sin tomorrow or I might sin after we leave this place.
1: The, the answer is isn't, or the question isn't, but the answer is, what is sin? Mm-hmm. 80% of the time in the Bible,
2: sin is actually not talked about it as an action. It's actually a nature. Mm-hmm. So we teach sin as, oh, I'm sinning because I'm doing this action. Yep. But it's actually my nature. And so what does it say? It says that when we become saved, our sinful nature is gone. It's dead. Yep. Yep. Now we've been given the divine nature, yep. it says in 2 Peter chapter 5, right? Mm-hmm. So we've been given the divine nature. What's the divine nature? It's the same nature that God has. Mm-hmm. So the question is this, wow. Jeff, is that keep going. Your question is, is, do we have or the ability to be able to not sin? What is that? Well, it's grace. We think grace is a get out of jail free card. Yep. And it's yep. not. Grace well, is the seven, empowerment seven. to do God's will. Yes. That is grace. Yes. So because I have all grace, because I've been saved yes. through faith, through grace. Yes. Because of all that, I have grace, which means that I have all the power in the world to do, to live a sinless life, and to not just live a sinless life, to love all my neighbors, to love everyone around me, and to do the will of God. Even if you disagree with who they are or what they do, you still love them
0: and care for them. hundred percent. Doesn't mean you stand with everything they say and do. hundred percent. You know, we were just talking about this before, and I think, I'm not going to go deep into what we're talking about, but I I think I need to
2: touch on it. My wife runs and owns a very successful cleaning company in town um, and we had a client that lives a lifestyle that Christians and Christians would not be, be okay with and we would be completely against. And we have been, we've had this client for, man, it's been six to eight months and man, I, I have not, I have had such a good time getting to know this woman. And then not only that, I've had so my wife has had so many great encounters with her and just shown her love. And we have this mutual respect, and she loves us, knowing that we don't agree with what she's doing and all this stuff, but like she's
1: like, I've never felt this kind of love before. I've never felt no judgment, I've never felt all these
2: things. And like, and she's like, the other Christians that I've ran into, this is not the normal way of of encountering them. And she's literally like questioning things now mm. and so it's like i just believe i just believe in and i and I, I preach this from the pulpit i mean i preach i, I do conferences i a pastor churches before i just i don't care about sin anymore like it, do i speak against it yeah do i do i if i see it do i speak it to a person that's living in sin that they know better yeah absolutely like we'll have those conversations we'll do correction but like if i'm gonna sit here and beat on my chest and tell this person hey you're living in this thing like if they are sinners and the only sinner is is a person that's outside of, of of Christ. I'm not a sinner. You're not a sinner because if I'm a sinner, then that means Man. I'm not saved. That means I'm not washed. That means I'm not clean. That means I'm not. It doesn't mean I'm not going to sin or not going to be tempted by sin, but it just means I'm not identified as it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a sinner. Like our our first shirt that we're releasing, our first collection. Yeah, it's called Not a Sinner. Yeah, because I'm not a sinner anymore. Ooh. Paul never goes, hey, to the sinners of, of Ephesus, to the sinners of. No, he said to the saints, to the saints. Yep. Yep. And so, if we believe that we're sinners, what are we going to do? We're going to sin. Okay. But if I believe that I'm a saint, I believe I'm righteous. Righteousness means in the right hand of the Father. And when you know who's you're in, yes, and and know where you came from,
0: yeah, yeah. At the same time, we all have this time where we will stumble, we will fall. Yes. And I think so many times we prop people up, and then we watch them, and then we point them at them but what if we just love people and let god's word speak for itself and the way we go about our life loving and caring for another also speak yeah. for itself 100%. let's let our love shine and then what that will do is it will break barriers it'll tear down walls yeah i tell you what as we are having about a 12 minute intro <laughs> yes. that tells you that this, Sorry. no that's good it's good but that tells you that this episode. Pack's a big punch. Come on. Yeah, you know I mean, this. we got a lot of important things to say, and God's will will be done. Come on. So at this time, please turn your Bibles to John chapter 13. We'll be reading out the English
1: Standard Version.
0: John chapter 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Verse 1 Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus I send receives me, and whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. One of you will betray me. Verse 21. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me the disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke one of his disciples whom jesus loved was reclining at table at jesus side so simon peter mentioned to him to ask jesus of whom he was speaking so that disciple leaning back against jesus said to him lord who is it jesus answered it is he to whom i will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then, after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you're going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the feast. Or, that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. A new commandment, verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus foretells Peter's denial. Verse 36 Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward.
1: So that was our scripture
0: reading for today. Now it's observative saying, let's apply it to our lives and then we will pray. Well, right away, it starts off with Jesus washing the disciples feet
1: and verse one says "And there it says Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart of this
0: world to the father that's powerful yep. so a little context here if we would go back to chapter 12 verses 23 to 26 it says the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified and then then he talks about a grain of wheat must fall to the earth and die to be able to bear much fruit. Yeah. And then he says, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servants will be also. So, really, it's talking about he knows his time's coming, the, that God has made it clear to him that um, your time on this earth is about to come to an end. Yeah. So what does he do? He he serves others. Yeah. He he washes the feet of his disciples. And I want to say one other last thing, too, here. Um, in verse 1, it says, he loved them to the end.
1: Yeah.
0: Let me rephrase that. He never stopped loving them. That's right. Even to the very last moment, even to those who he knew would... Uh,
1: basically betrayed him yep. who went against him in the end he still
2: loved them yep. that's powerful yeah i mean i mean i know i'm dropping ahead here but i mean he fed the guy
1: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he didn't
2: treat him any different didn't give him less revelation didn't give him less anything he yeah. gave him you know the whole thing and uh I think it's powerful. And I think, I think especially in today where we're at, even, even in a nation politically, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I just don't, I just don't understand the, the division even within the church, but the church is drawing that line. And I understand that line needs to be there, but our love
1: should never stop at that line. Mm-hmm. Like we need to have a line in the sand where, or yeah, this is like, we're, we're not going to, this is,
2: this is our, we're going to, you know, we're going to have war right here. Mm-hmm. But my love goes way far past that line. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that we get confused where that, wherever that line is, where we're going to stand and say, no, this is true. This is what God wants. This is it. And I'm, I'm standing right there in locked arms with, with all my brothers and sisters, but my love goes across that line mm-hmm. to all my future brothers and sisters yep. will come in the King. Amen. And that's it. I have a note here that said, is this loving your
0: enemies? And then I crossed that out and I said, no, it's forgiveness. Love That's is good. also forgiveness. That's good. Love means I see what you did yeah. and I'm still going to love you for who you are. Yeah. I may not have liked it. Yeah. You know, I may not have uh, really appreciated that in the time, but I'm still going to love you and care for you. Yeah, and Judas
2: wasn't God's, or wasn't Jesus' enemy. Mm. The lie that he believed. Yeah. Yeah. But Judas himself, no this, I just,
0: I tell you what, just reading John chapter 13 is just, it's just this, it's so powerful. At first, when you read it, you're like, oh, he washed someone's foot. You know, or he washed their feet. No, it's him showing the way, right? So he's showing what it means to follow him. Um, But also, he knows that he's got limited time, that his hour has come, so he's got to get things in order. And there's something nice some people they may not see it this way. But if you know, like let's say someone has cancer and you have so much time remaining, you have time to get things in order. Yep. And what we have is a God that is of order and structure. Yep. Good. So he had time to get things in order
2: and and to really make sure that things are supposed to be and taught what they need to be taught before he's no longer here. Yep. You know what's funny is that you even say that, that it's in order. Do you know what? In Jewish tradition, do you know what do you know what the actual name for washing the feet is? Mm-hmm. It's actually the ordinance of humility. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Or the ordinance of washing the feet. Wow! Right? But it's the ordinance of humility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, we can get into all the all the prophetic um, you know symbolism that happens with washing the feet and they're washing. Yeah. The feet, but like, you have to understand something here: the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords strips himself down some some people leave him to naked but knowing the times that we're in he would have he would have stripped himself down into a tunic which, mm-hmm. which is pretty much just like a long t-shirt mm-hmm. yeah and then he put a towel around his waist washed these people's feet with wash these, these his disciples' feet which was a Jewish tradition mm-hmm. I think the thing that we miss here is when and I think it's taught in the right way but I think we need to go deeper here when he goes when Peter goes, no, you know, don't, you know, please don't do this. You don't need to do this. And and he goes, no, 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 I need to do this. Because if I don't do this, then you can't continue. Mm -hmm. The reason why that is, is is it's not that he had to physically wash his feet, Mm -hmm. but he had to show him, Hey, you need to be washed by me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but they're like, why are you washing my feet? (laughs) Yeah. It was
0: like, no, no. Trust me, I need to show you something. Because he's their he's the their, he's their pinnacle. He's yeah. their he's their
1: master, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And they're they're bond servants, right? Yeah. And if you want to get uh, nice. a bond servant is a is a is a slave yeah. that gets released to be free, yeah. but choose but their master t- treated
2: them so well that they actually said, No, master, I don't want you've treated me so well, I don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So they are literally a slave, they're but they're choosing their free man choosing to be a slave. And so think about this and we can get into racial things whatever it doesn't matter to me but like think about this as a slave if i'm set free i'm gone but they were treated so well they wanted to stay now think about this what master of slaves would then strip himself down into a very vulnerable place and then wash the feet of his slaves wow so like wow when, when, when we get into the epistles and, he's, and you know Paul and, and John, they're, they're calling themselves bond servants. That word, I think we read across it sometimes. but That word means, it's such a
0: deep thing. Well, Andrew, I'm, you're talking about this. And what I'm thinking right now is not of people, but of our culture. And we have free men and women that have been washed free of the filthiness of the past for the last 100 plus years. But yet... We keep wallowing in the mud, even though we've been cleansed of that. And we keep saying how we are slaves or, or a bond servant to things that we've been free from. And we keep focusing on the old nature and not the new nature. We believe, or we've been taught, and
1: believe because of experience. Wow. Because we, we believe that we're slaves to sin. Mm-hmm. We're not. Wow. We're not slaves to sin.
2: We're not slaves to sin. We're not slaves to sinful nature. We're not slaves to alcohol. We're not slaves to this, that, and the other name. Name your vice. Name your struggle. Yep. We're not even yep. slaves to even husband and wives. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we're like, oh, you know, I'm in a terrible marriage and I feel like I'm a slave, or I feel like I'm this, and he doesn't, you know, he or she doesn't uh, uh, doesn't respect me and all these mm-hmm. things, and not holding any of those things. Like I grew up, like my mom was physical, physical was in. Uh, married to a man that beat her, beat mm-hmm. me physically, did stuff to me. My mom, I'm the reason why I came in this world by my by a terrible, terrible um, situation. But like, it was tough. Mm-hmm. But like, the moment that I'm a slave to the way that I was brought up, wow. or the tough stuff. Like, if people actually, you know, I've told my my testimony and how I came in this world and how I came to be a Christian. It's like mostly people are like, dude, that's crazy. Like. That's radical. Yeah, it's radical. But like here's the thing is I'm not a slave to that. Amen. Like my Amen. sister-in-law told my wife when we got married, get married, all this stuff. My, my sister-in-law walks with my wife, she's like, if you would have known Andrew before you got saved, you'd be amazed. Wow. And like she's never known that because I'm not a slave to it. So it's like the freedom in not being a slave to something that was not created for me. Mm. Like I believe this, and I think we talked about this last time I was on your podcast. Is that is that we are created. To torment the enemy, not the enemy to torment us. Correct. Right. We're made in God's image, yeah. which is what the enemy wanted. Mm-hmm. And God puts all of us, of his children, on the same place where the enemy is. We're here to torment him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a slave to his nature, to the enemy's nature,
0: and the enemy's torment. Yeah. I'm actually a slave and a bond servant to my Lord. Amen. Save. Amen. Amen. Verses 3 talks about Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, yeah. and that he had come from God and was going back to God. Yeah. And then Matthew 11, 27 says, all things handed over to him by his father. And Revelation 2, 27 says, he will rule and have authority. So, I mean, he knows where he came from and he knows where he's going. Yeah. And what if we knew where we came from and who created us and we know where we're going? When we are washed and we are cleansed, and when we are we call upon His name, and we know that we are signed, sealed, and delivered. Yep. Wow! You know what's funny is, It brings me up um, this guy in, in Australia.
1: His name is Mark Greenwood, and he explains this thing of the Lord, and it's so it's so amazing. So the, the example
2: is this: is that um, let's just say that you're struggling financially, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't pay your mortgage on your house, and they're going to take your house, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that, mm-hmm. so I'm like, i want to bless Jeff. Mm-hmm. Go to a coffee shop, right? And so say it was 10 grand, and so I had a dollars check in my pocket right wow. to you, and we're sitting there and we're talking whatever, and I'm like, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, God's good, right? Yeah. And as we leave, I slip it, I slip the, the check into your pocket. Mm-hmm. Don't tell you, I just slip it in. Wow. Right? And then you go home and you're doing whatever and you're struggling, you're trying to figure all this out, right? And I'm waiting for weeks for you to like hit me back up and be like, Hey, thanks,
1: you know, thanks for the money, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. whatever. But you never hit me back up. Mm. That's how we
2: are. When we actually don't. We believe in the Lord, but we don't believe in everything. Wow. We have that. We have you know, all the provision, everything that we needed, and everything that we want. It's all, all, it's all for us and ready for us. Mm. The question is: Is am I going to actually believe that's in my pocket? Am I going to believe that the storehouses are open? Am I going to believe all the things the Word says that He's given me? Wow. We have it all. Yep. You want to live a sinless life? Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm. Paul even, Paul even calls, he goes, you you can live perfectly. How do you become a spotless lamb? Mm. Like, yeah. it's, it's wow. we have all the grace to do it all. There's choices. Yes. And there's nature.
0: Yes. And we have the choice and the nature to follow him and be
1: like him, made in his image the way we were intended to be.
0: Wow. You know, Jesus, he he washed the feet of his disciples. That's humility. So you take God, who's washing and serving us. What God does that? There isn't except the one that is ours Jesus Christ. He came here in flesh and he served us and asking us to serve and follow him. But he served and he was there for us first before we could be there for him. So he washed our feet and then it shows us a way to humbly serve others. And then later, actually, I'm going to jump ahead here. It says in verse 20 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me and whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. So we're learning to follow him. And, but then when we do follow him and go out and be disciples, that means when we are received, that means they accept the disciple. Which means then they accept Jesus, which means they're then accepted by the Father. Yeah. I don't know. This just hit me. First off, Jesus—the word says that
2: Jesus is the manifest of the invisible God. So God the Father, He's the manifestation of it. Mm-hmm. It also says that Jesus is the manifestation of the
1: Word. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. This is actually a, a bookend, right? Mm-hmm. To when He told the disciples, to "Go out two by two yep. and go into these cities and go into these homes, mm-hmm. and if they don't receive you, shake your feet, shake your feet off." An episode coming soon, by the way. Do <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Like he's yes. talking about washing of the feet, washing of the place. Like we also have to think about what is in the in the armor of God. I mean, I'm, my mind's going like a thousand different. Oh, it's great. But like in the armor of God, what what goes on the feet? The shoes. Yeah. Of yeah. peace. Yes. You're right. So like. Yeah. I mean. To be taken everywhere. Yes. So it's like the the cleaning of the feet, like going in peace, being peaceful not being peacekeepers, but being peacemakers, wow. yes. like going in this thing, because yes. I'm now once again, when I get out of the shower when I'm completely clean from having a hard day's work or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel rejuvenated. Yeah. I feel absolutely. I feel great. I feel like a million bucks. Like actually when it comes to the
0: podcast or when it comes to preparing a message yep. or even writing the book that the Lord gave me to write, yep. I find that he gives me so much revelation I'm in the shower, yeah. and I'm being cleansed, yeah. being washed. Because yeah. it's just me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and him. Yeah. And the
2: water's raining down, and it's overflowing my cup. Good. So good. Do a word study, man, and find out when Jesus was around water, mm. when he preached around water. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, I mean, a lot of theologians and historians said you can preach around water, because you ever been around water, and somebody's on the opposite of the lake, and you can hear them. Because sound waves wow. will travel. Yeah with water and it and all such stuff. But like look where Jesus is at. Jesus wow. is around water almost constantly. Yes. But like if you go to the Middle East and you go, go around Israel and stuff like that and Jerusalem, like there's water everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But like there's that's significant. Absolutely. That He's always around water, he referenced wow. water, the word is considered as water, yes. he's washing the yes. sea, yes. he's the manifest he's presence of water. water. Like you yeah. can you can go you can get in the prophetic realm and just go crazy there. But like I think it's very, very strategic that he did all that, and said all that in the same way. Like I think that, I mean, the God that I know is very strategic. Mm -hmm. No resources wasted. Mm -hmm. Like He doesn't waste any resources and people, things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why He everything's all everything's used for for our good. Like nothing's wasted. Wow.
0: Everything is well thought out, well crafted, created with a plan and a purpose. Anything and everything. And then it's up to us whether we want to do it for the right reasons or, or corrupt it 100%. You know, I was, if we revisit this, and we'll move on to the next section here in just a couple minutes, but Simon Peter, he loves Simon. It's one of those that he loves. And he emphasizes that over and over and over. And yet Peter, I believe, questions him
1: continually. Yep. Oh, Peter. Yep. <laughs> you know. But in verse 7 says, what am I doing you do not understand
0: now, but afterward, you will understand. So Jesus is saying, like, you don't understand right now, Peter, but you will later. Yes. You will get this revelation, this understanding of why I'm doing this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And then Jesus answered, saying, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So he, he's so focused on the feet aspect, but not the, 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 the meaning behind it, He's so focused on feet. Why are you like? i
2: kind know of with yeah. my daughter. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, he was using he was using tradition, and that's mm-hmm. that's where oh, man. We can't, this could be this could be a huge tangent, but when we read scripture, we have to read this. Thing. I'm I'm harping on I harped on this. Mm-hmm. We have to read the scripture with really good hermeneutic. I know a lot of people might not understand what a hermeneutic is, but we have to read it with a good historical, mm-hmm. contextual understanding of what's being read, written. Mm-hmm. So when he's washing of the feet, they, didn't, they were washing, like, the Jews just didn't wash feet. Mm-hmm. The Greeks did, other other mm-hmm. other cultures did. And so when he was washing those feet, not only was it a Jewish tradition, he took that Jewish tradition and he says, let me wash your feet. Mm-hmm. I know you don't understand right now. Mm-hmm. Because you understand this is just your tradition. And I shouldn't be doing this, but you should be doing this to me. And their tradition shouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't be me doing it to you. So I'm flipping this on his head. But then, guess what? Acts 2 comes, Peter. You're going to learn. You're going to understand everything. And yeah. Acts 2, Peter, the one that I'm going to build, the rock, the one I'm going to build my church on. Mm-hmm. And 3,000 are going to come. Mm-hmm. Through, through the words you're going to give, Peter. And and I, even at this, when Peter goes in and denies Christ three times, you know, and yeah. when Jesus dies, yeah. and Jesus yeah. comes, yeah. what, what does the angel say to Mary? go Get the disciples and go get Peter. Mm. You know why? Because Peter was separated, Peter was exiled from the group. Oh, wow! Yeah, he said, go get Peter! Wow, he wasn't lost, go get him, make sure he comes. So he goes, so they go get Peter. Mm. And Peter comes in with the 72 in the upper room. Guess what?
1: He brought the gang back together. Mm. And guess what? Fire comes,
2: Holy Spirit drops, amen. falls, amen. 3,000 come to the king, and they said that it continued to grow, yes, through Peter. Yes, wow huge man wow
0: when he said when Peter told Jesus you shall never wash my feet that pointed me to Matthew 16 22 Jesus when he was foretelling his death he was said this shall never happen and he responds to Be behind me Satan not so much calling him Satan but the the concept
2: of don't you doubt what is foretold and what's been prophesied and what is to happen. Don't doubt. I think we talked about it on the last podcast but like every word that comes out of our mouths is life and death. Mm-hmm. And literally what, what Peter spoke out of his mouth at that point was actually it was a false, it was a lie. Yeah. And so when you say get behind me Satan, he was talking about the lie that was being spoken. Mm-hmm. You're believing a lie. Yeah. 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 So wow. he's talking to Peter. He's talking to the lie that he yes. was, that he was being yes. deceived by the enemy. So yeah, that stumbling
0: block that's getting in the way of faith. 100%. And then uh, let's finish this section right here with this very note, uh, last two notes actually. Uh, it says, uh, Jesus says, "Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher." have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for i have given you an example that you should also do just as i have done to you then he goes and says truly truly i say to you a servant is not greater than his master nor his messenger greater than the one who sent him so i got two things basically follow me in Matthew 4:19, he says, "Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. But first, you need to lay your nets down and just follow me. Don't question why I'm asking you to do these things. Follow me; I will show you the way. I am the way." Jesus. Did. And then back to that
1: messenger and the bond servant and the slave, and and they're not greater than the master. But yet the master is washing their feet.
2: Wow! Because he loves them that much. Wow. I mean, you have, so to, good. you have to look at it like the kingdom, man. Like, even even if you want to look at people with authority and people that aren't, people in the pulpit, people not, all the things, right? Like, no one's greater than the other one. Do you know why? It's because they all have their place and they all have their part. Mm-hmm. So without, without pastors that are pastoring the church, shepherding the church, without prophets, human be Without apostles, you wouldn't have culture centers. Without evangelists, you wouldn't have this. Right? Without without business owners, you don't have influence in the business. Owners. We all have our part. Yes. And without me, there is no. The kingdom is not not full without me and without you and without all the body of Christ coming together as one. As little as we might feel, as big as we might feel. As you're saying that, it's so easy, especially in the ministry world. Why do I even do this? Do I even matter? I ask that question all the time, though. All the time. But I think just as people, we do that. Yeah. Do I matter? What is my purpose? Yeah. The thing is, we all play a part person
0: And we all play a part in someone's life, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But it may not be what we first
2: thought 100%. Too.
0: I agree 100%. So now
2: let's talk about one who betrays Jesus. And in verse 21,
0: it says, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, "Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me." In John twelve twenty seven, we we see that his spirit was troubled because he knew that he knew what the hour was to be. We knew that that hour had purpose. We knew that it was to glorify God, his Father. He knew that there was something bigger than than just what he was
2: doing. Like something had to take place for the big. Picture to happen. Well, I mean, you gotta look at it too. Like, he has the heart of a father, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so he knows what Judas is about to do. Yeah. So it's like a father looking at his son and watching him jump off a cliff, mm-hmm. like, and but then not having the ability to go save him.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. Could you imagine just that side? Like, could you imagine being being pouring into somebody for three years, loving this man, you know, breaking bread with this man daily? And then knowing that, not not that he's actually going to, not the pain of betrayal, but the pain of, my son is going to go and just demise himself. Like, it's going to, I mean, that weight, I couldn't even, I can't even imagine. I've even had
0: examples in the last few years, even, of people where I'm like, that one kind of stung. Yeah. You know, but then I was like, you know what, I'm still going to be here. And I'm just going to, I look forward to the day we talk again, kind of thing. You yeah. know, and then at the same time, like, I may disagree, but I'm still going to care. And I'm still going to be there when this person comes back. Yeah, that's good. You know, and, it's, and I think that's just, that's not really the problem. You know, that's that love, and that's that forgiveness, and that's, he shows us the way. Verse 22 says, the disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. You know, it's interesting that they're kind of looking at one another, kind of like, who's he talking about? One of us is gonna portray him? Your your group, your crew, those that you selected and called. And in Luke 22, 23 it says, and they began to question one another. So really it comes down to them looking at each other saying, Can't be me, right? Not me.
1: I want to do that, God.
2: Maybe maybe we all do that a little bit. I think that I think that right there is in the global church. Yeah. all oh, don't look at them and oh they're doing this wrong, or oh they're doing that wrong, this this wrong. And to be honest with you, I used to be that guy. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? But like, man, May twenty nineteen, June twenty nineteen, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and it was, hey, Paul went to him and he says, I only came to with Christ and Him crucified.
2: Mm. Knowing Christ and Him crucified. Outside of that, we can, we can debate until we're blue in the face. Yeah. It's like eschatology. We can
1: debate on eschatology until we're blue in the face. And no one's gonna be right until that whatever happens happens. Mm. Here's the other
2: thing too. Jesus knew what was gonna take place. He's God. He knows. He
0: already knows. You're not gonna fool him. No. You know. But yet he still had everyone around him. They still had communion. They still were
1: together. And he still preached to each and every one of them. He still showed
0: them the way. And then we get to a new commandment. Mm -hmm.
1: And verse 34 goes, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one
0: another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I think that's that
2: verse, verse thirty-four and thirty-five. I believe is what this chapter is about. Thirty-four and thirty-four and thirty-five is what the entire Bible is about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like absolutely, it's you're about right. And <laughs> <on> the <laughs> yes. then it's like, here's the one commandment. Like, this is it. Yeah. Don't miss this. Write it down. Star it. Yeah. Underline it. Yeah. Circle it. The Jews came to him and go, "What's the greatest?" so he gives them the greatest laws. And as Christians, we think, oh, those are the greatest things that we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like as followers mm-hmm. of Jesus now, are like, oh, we're supposed to love Christ, love God above all things and then love my neighbor as myself, right? Yep. That's great. And we should do that. 100%. Mm-hmm. But that's not a commandment to me anymore because it says that Christ fulfilled those. Yes. But this, oh, but this says a new commandment I give you because you don't have any commandments anymore because it says that he fulfilled the law. Yeah. Yep. But we're in a new covenant now. The law is actually in mm-hmm. the Mosaic Covenant. Mm-hmm. We're in a completely new covenant now. Keep going, man. Keep and going. Here's, here's the crazy thing is that I know it's going to ruffle some crazy feathers. This, oh, here this, we this go. Is what, this is what I do. I love it. This is what I do. <laughs> God the Father. Yes. I, I love covenants, man. I've spent so much time yes. uh, studying the five covenants. Above. God the Father. Man. Jesus. New covenant. Mm. The covenant that we have is not between God and us. It's between God mm. the Father and Jesus. Yes. Yep. Amen. We get to come into that covenant yes. through Jesus. Mm. Guess what? We can't mess this thing up, man. She's mm. talking about a great covenant. We can't mess this thing up. Yes. Yep. We get to come through this thing because of what Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross for all of us, even, even the unbeliever, even the sinner. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes into this, and this is what I love about this, it says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. And you also and and also you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples because you're gonna love one another. Mm-hmm. Which means the people that Walmart, yeah. or the people that are in a different part or a different race, or whatever, different culture, whatever, they're gonna know who I am and yeah. whose I am yeah. because of how I love. Yeah. Amen. And so it's like, man, we get into this place of like, I mean, just like one of my best friends is is, you know, he, he's Mexican. I got another friend that's black. I got another friend that's Asian. I got another friend here. And the thing about it is, is like, we don't ever even have racial conversations because all we're doing is talking about what we're talking about right now. You know, it's funny. I work with a bunch of students in a lot of things. And you know what I talk about? First
0: thing in the handbook is like uh, discrimination and all these things. And I'm like, you know what it comes down to? It's about love, care, and respect. That's all it is. I'm like, that's, that's basically what it is. Yeah. If we do that, we may disagree on some things, Yes. but we love, care, and respect did, one another. We want the best for one another.
1: When did it
2: become a problem to disagree on some, Right? Or have a different view on something? Yes. And that's the greatest thing. Bill Johnson says this. He said, there's no unity without diversity. Mm-hmm. You can't unify in something that there's not, if there's not diverse people coming into the group. Because mm-hmm. if, guess what? If we're all the same thing, we're all the same person. Mm-hmm. We all have the same viewpoint, we all have the same this. Like, there's no there's, there's no unity there, you're, just, you're the same thing. My favorite thing about working
0: with the students is I get to hear their story, yeah. their background, and different expressions of things. And yeah. I don't care whether it's pretty squeaky clean or, or pretty colorful past, right? Yeah. Like all these different things going on. I love it, man. Yeah. I, I just, I want them to do well. So <laughs> they can tell me whatever. I'm like, great, let's help you go forward and do well. You know, that's all I care
2: about, is I want you to do well, and I want you to go down a good path. I was at this uh, pastor's banquet like a month ago, and uh, man, I just hope that this is okay to say, but like, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go with it. So, I'm at this pastor's banquet, and it's really good. Was that it? Yeah. Was it in this? Okay, and so, and like all these people coming up, and I know the guy that put it on. I know a lot of people there. And so, I'm listening to them all, and I love his vision. And I'm, I've been prophetically going through some stuff, with what God's showing him, and how to do the stuff. And he's, he's running with it. Great. But I'm listening to all of these like pastors from all over the state talk and say what they're doing, say what God's doing. And I had this word, just, I mean, it was so, so bad that. The guys that were behind me and at my table, they were, like, kicking me under the table because I'm sweating. I'm, like, shaking. Like, I'm literally, like, rocking in my chair because I'm, like, I got this word, and it's, like, bubbling up out of me. And this is what the word was. The Lord told me, he goes, there's a lot of
1: Timothys running around uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. But Thank there's you. not a lot of Pauls yes.
2: that are, are discipling. And and so it just hit me right upside the head. Right? Hmm. And because if you look at the big scheme of things, we have all these people opening up churches, opening up ministries, doing things, but little oversight, right? So what you're doing here is so so amazing because you have people coming here, working, doing these things, learning trades, learning, yeah. learning even social skills, right? And what better do you get to do? You get to disciple them. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of Timothys in here, yep. male and women, yep. and you're able to then pour into them. Guess what? As a father, as a as a as a mentor, as a as a Disciplee. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, um, I'm going to go to two. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing fall
0: through the event. Yes. The Lord gave the vision. It was fantastic. Yes. And it was amazing to get all these men and women that are so powerful in the kingdom and locally together. Amen. And be on one accord. Amen. And then I had something. I was, like, I was kind of troubled by one thing. And it had nothing to do with the event or the person or anything. I sat like everyone else at the table of people that I knew yep I didn't branch out and sit with others i i still I stuck to what I knew is comfortable you know? I didn't get uncomfortable yep. i also i thought to myself I'm only about a year or two in the ministry right and I thought to myself how did I get here
1: how am i in this banquet? How am I with these people? How did I get in the one chair that's literally
0: right by the person speaking? Like, one, I may have chose that seat. You
2: and me were the youngest guys there by 20 years. There was nobody else in our age group. But then
0: I also thought, first off, it's amazing to get the invite to be here.
1: No matter who was invited me, right? I felt so honored. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But I thought to
0: myself, I was supposed to be here. The Lord So the one person to invite me to get to this so I can be a part and hear this and plan for the future. My voice may not have been spoken or been part of that thing, but my voice is a part of the future of what's to come. And so you're right, man. I am a Timothy, and I'm just waiting for the right people to be like, I'm ready for the future. And I'm ready for the future that
2: um, when the anointing of someone starts going down a little bit, that this one's ready to roll. And the thing about it is, is I think, I think when I, that word is so, like, I've <laughs> I mean, I'm stumbled over words because I have so much head. But I, I've processed this word out because I don't, like, Timothy's, the Timothy's that we're supposed to disciple are not within our own ministries. Mm-hmm. You're right. Tim, Timothy was out doing God's work mm-hmm. outside of Paul. Mm-hmm. And Paul was just, hey man, don't forget what God called you. Hey man, Remember what? Remember, don't don't waver. Hey, man, right? But he timid is out doing the thing. And so, as ministries, and like I said, I pastored, I itinerated, I've done it. Ministry schools, the works, done it. But the thing that I I failed in one, I mean, many things I failed in in ministry. But the one thing that I failed in that has hurt hurt me a lot is that. I didn't actually champion people outside of my own ministry when I had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I always, mm-hmm. and you were you were part of this, man. I was like, oh, Jeff, come into my ministry. Oh, you're looking yeah. for a church? Come in here. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, if I actually would have spent time with the Lord and been like, Jeff has this vision to do something. Well, let me do everything I can to champion. And I, and I have done that later, but in the initial moment, I was like, come into my ministry. Let me disciple you. And the whole thing was, I should have been like, yeah, let me pour into him and let me help him get to where he needs to go. And I think that's, that's nature to want to bring people in. Yep. But I really – because it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's wonderful. Yeah. But now that I'm sitting back and looking at this from a little little more like bird's eye view, mm-hmm. there's so many Timothy's that are starting ministries from the oversight. And it's, and it's scary. You know what else?
1: I actually don't want to have too many people. I want to send them. Good. I want I want to like encourage them within like a,
0: a discipleship group that we do want. They're to come, we're together, we're to be in the word together, and we're just gonna be there to encourage and strengthen one another with the word of God. And
2: then go. <laughs> Don't be maybe because you have to do what you're called to do. You know? Look at the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry literally. like, ah oh. Christ gave these gifts to the church, these graces of the church. I gave the apostle preacher, the apostle preacher, teacher, bam, awesome. Well, then, what's the verse right after that? Mm. It says that we're supposed to equip the saints into the full maturity of Christ. All right. So what that, what that means, what that says is, I'm literally supposed to be taking these people, equipping them, and then they were supposed to go. Mm.
0: Let me circle back to this. Verse thirty-eight. Jesus, well, first off, Jesus foretold of Peter's denial. Peter, you're going to deny me three times, yes. and then a rooster
1: is going to crow, and then you're going to realize. Yeah. But he says in verse 38, Jesus answered, "Will you lay
0: down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you deny me three times." The thing is, he already knows that he's going to deny. Me. And and Peter says basically like, "I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever you ask of me." And the, my thing is, are these just words? Is Jesus saying, like, are you really? Are these just things you're saying? Is there going to be action behind it? And I think as followers of Christ, whether you're a ministry leader or not, I think we need to have the actions behind the words. We can speak to we're blue in the face, but if our actions don't match up to our words, then that's kind of hypocritical. We are no greater than Peter denying Jesus Christ. Yeah, I,
2: mean, I think the biggest thing is this, too, is that remember. Jesus already changed his name. Like Jesus already changed his name. names of Peter I'm build my rock. Mm-hmm. Jesus knows who Peter is mm-hmm. at the core. And then Jesus goes, Peter, you're gonna die, gonna die. Mm-hmm. But then coming on the back to when Jesus drives on the cross, he goes, Oh, don't forget it. Go get Peter. Make sure he's there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't I believe this in my heart that the Holy Spirit was not a fell in that room until Peter showed up. Mm-hmm. I I strongly yeah. believe it. Because he wouldn't have made a, such a, a point say, sure get And so coming back to that, coming back to this, it's like, how many times have we went down that road of saying, oh, I'd never do that. And, and one of my, my spiritual mamas, is Christensen, she she's this great teaching on vows, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't make these vows, whatever. Like, he made a vow, like, oh, no, Lord, I'll never do that. Yeah, right. And guess what I did? Here, and here's the door yep. for you. Yep. yep. I just vowed that I won't do this. And guess what happens? Peter gets put in the pinch. Peter's
1: like, oh, he's gonna die for sure now. I see it. He's he's gone. Well that means that if they know me,
2: oh man. Yep. And I'm gonna go with this.
0: I'm gonna finish this section and then show us how we apply it to our lives. Okay. This is gonna be my little preaching moment, if yep. we Let's go. It says Well, first off, it's important to know that we are washed. Uh, We are cleansed
1: of all of our sins through Jesus Christ. So let me get some scripture verses, and then
0: we'll roll with this. Apostle Paul went to the church of Corinth, 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. It It says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor the, the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's powerful. That, I mean, that's just. Oof.
2: That verse right there is the reason why Phil Robinson got kicked off everything. That verse right there is, he said that verse in, a, in an interview, and that's what they, they wow. shadow banned him and canceled him. Wow. That's why A&E tried to kick him off, mm. and they found out they needed him, so they brought him back. That verse, the verse that he quoted without saying, you know, First Corinthians, mm-hmm. he just quoted it to the guy, wow. and they ran with him, called him homophobic, called him homophobic, wow. and he just quoted it. And then when they found out that he quoted it, that's why they brought him back. It's like, oh, he just quoted wow. the Bible,
1: <laughs>
2: literally. Wow. But now let's talk about verse 11. Come on. And such were some of you. Yep. You know, I I made that word bold, and I underlined it. Such were
0: some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. That's it.
1: Woo! You were washed. Next one. First John one nine. Says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to
0: forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness not some, but all unrighteousness. We are cleansed, we are washed. And then finally, first John 1 verse 7 But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Andrew,
1: I hope if anything, people realize two things from this episode. One, that we are
0: to love one another. The the greatest commandment of all, right? The new commandment he gave to us in his final hour. And then, the other one is that we are washed. That we are cleansed. That we are no longer sinners, but we are made in his image. And we are to see the righteousness in him. Andrew, how do we apply
1: all this to our lives? Really, easy. it's all about mindset. Mm. If I actually believe what the Word actually
2: says, yeah. then any lie that comes to me, I know it's a lie. Mm. I don't have to question it. I think biblical mm. literacy is what's killing the church yeah. today. So we have to know things, just like this. Right here, he sitting there, speaking, like First John four seventeen says, "As Christ is, so are you yes. in this world." Yes. So if that is true, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then it's really easy for me. I I don't struggle with anything. Mm -hmm. I don't struggle with thoughts because I can take them captive. I I don't struggle with addiction because if if this is true and I believe in this, Mm -hmm. then my mind has to, like, if I actually believe this, I can say I believe in the Lord, I believe in this, but if I actually believe what this word says about me Mm -hmm. and about him and why he— he is and who I am in him. That's it. The problem isn't isn't in this thing of of theological differences and this and that and the other. Like it says that I am made new. It doesn't matter what denomination I'm in, no matter what I believe, the word of God says that I once was a sinner, then I get saved through Jesus by believing and become a follower of Him. Period. We all can agree on this one thing right here. Romans six says, We're co-crucified. Co-buried, co-raised with Jesus, and he asks the question: Are we? Yes. If that is true, then the rest goes in. This is what I. This is. I'm not. I am not an evangelist at all. I don't. I, I don't even have that push. But for whatever reason, I have that push in the last year. But if the good news is good, why are why are we not doing anything with it? Right. So it's like this. I go to an awesome steak place, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I tell everybody, yep. man, this steak place is the bomb. Yep. This is that and the other, right? Mm-hmm. But then I hide in my house at Walmart. Mm-hmm. The, way I, the way that we fix this is, one, we have to read the word. Mm-hmm. We have to read the word with historical, contextual understanding, first off. Second off, if I believe it, then I believe it. Mm-hmm. Then there is nothing else that can wait for me. Even if... Even if uh, uh, New, I mean, I think I forget who it is. My buddy Carlos said it. He said that um, he just posted it actually. Um, it's that good preachers don't bring new revelation. They just, they just, they I just bring this. back this. there's bringing back the same revelation because it is. There's no new revelation. Right. Not, it's Christ and crucified. Period. Right. Yeah. And so it's like if my mind stays there, then when a lie comes to me, or somebody slanders me, or something happens, or financially I run into this or this that, and the other, like it doesn't matter. Like I've been called every name under the sun, but it's like it's all about it's all about what he says about me and not what everybody else says. I know that's um, cliche. This podcast, I don't know how many listen to it.
0: It may just be for me and God. Maybe he's just like I just want you to study this. I want you to live it. I want you to breathe it. I want you to speak it, and I want you to rehear what you spoke. That's okay with me. If that's all this podcast ever was to be. It's just me and God. I'm okay with that. Come Because what that I means so I got something out of it. Yeah. You know? And I spoke it, I believed it, and I heard it.
2: So man. But there's a few more listeners out there. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, Andrew. We got a few more listeners. I'm okay with just I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with just talking to the one. <laughs> All right. Um.
0: Got a few more minutes left. Uh, let's just sit in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to just see how good you are. God, this this chapter, this whole Bible shows us of how good you are. You're such a good, good Father. But we thank you for that. We thank you that you washed us cleanse and, and, and made us new. Lord, we we are reminded. Constantly of lies we believe those lies over and over and over again and you wash those away with your word you your word is the living word it it, it cuts and it cleanses and it makes us and it refreshes our soul lord thank you for this time thank you in jesus name we pray amen amen Thank you for listening to Anchor for My Soul podcast. If you would like to help us reach further and hear daily content in the near future, we ask that you share this podcast with your friends and also consider becoming a financial partner to help us reach further for Jesus and to share the word. We are blessed to have listeners who pray for us and go make a difference in the kingdom. Please check out our website, www.anchorformysoulpodcast.com Dot com, where we have our past episodes, information about the podcast, and even who I am. If you so feel led to become a financial partner, you can either go to our website or you can go to anchor.fm backslash anchor for my soul podcast. Together we
1: make a difference. God bless.